As a content warning, this episode mentions racism, racial violence, sexual assault, and murder. Welcome to Memocracy. If you've ever wanted to understand the power of memes on society, culture, and politics, you've come to the right place. I'm Abby, and I'm joined by my co-host, Carla. This week, we're talking about the Manny, more specifically the phrase sweeping social media forums, the Manny will not be televised. The Manny is a character that was born in the pages of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid book series in the early 2000s. Only now, it's become a symbol of the Black Lives Matter movement to much of Gen Z, also known as the Zoomers. But it's not without controversy and debate about performative activism. In order to better understand this meme and its power in social media movements, we'll be speaking to Professor Adam Hilton of Mount Holyoke College, who studies parties and movements in American politics. The story begins with a staple of every Gen Z upbringing, the Dire of a Wimpy Kid book series, written by Jeff Kinney. The book series began publication in 2007. It chronicles the life of Greg Hefley, an unpopular middle schooler, as he deals with the epic highs and lows of life. Manny is Greg's younger brother, who is notably spoiled and never gets in trouble. Abby, do you remember uh, reading Diary of Wimpy Kids series? Ugh, yes. I collected the books. I still have the books, too. I think there was, like, seven... There's more now. I saw they're still, like, they're, they're still pushing. Do you remember, like, the jokes of them? Yeah. I did not, never expected the Manny to come up, but um, back when, you know, we were growing up, yeah. it was, do we mama? Yeah, it <laughs> and, was like, do we mama was like a phrase of, of like, I don't even know what you would use that. It's, it's, it's like, like do in, we um, mama? in Scooby-Doo. In Scooby-Doo, there was, like, jinkies, and, like, we used that ironically, like, haha, like, Ooh, jeepers. Um, but uh, Zooey Mama was like, I don't even remember how we used it. Yeah, it was, I feel like it was just like a surprise. But do you remember the infamous cheese touch? Yes, I love the cheese touch. Explain the cheese touch to us, Carla. So, <laughs> in the cheese touch, it's basically like uh, in the book series. There was, like, this rotten piece of cheese that was uh, laid out on, like, concrete. And um, Mm. somebody touched it. And, you know, it was, like, basically like having cooties. So Mm -hmm. this guy, he touches this rotten piece of cheese. So whoever, like, he touches is infected with the cheese touch. And nobody wants to be around him. And, you know, this joined us in real life. We, We pretended to have the cheese touch. And it was, like, tag. It was like a game of tag for us. I don't know how it was for you guys. Yeah, I remember in elementary school, we sat at like these long lunch tables and everyone would just like poke each other and it would just go all the way down the table and like all the way around. But we've all grown past Zooey Mama and the Cheese Touch. We're activists now. Now that we've all grown up, the Manny has leaped from the pages of children's literature into real life. The Manny craze began with a simple TikTok. One guy was drawing what looked like a Manny at a Black Lives Matter protest. The person recording the act repeated the phrase, the Manny will not be televised. 
The phrase, the Manny will not be televised, is a play on the song and poem, The Revolution Will Not Be Televised, by Gil Scott Heron, thus equating the Manny as a symbol of the revolution. A better way to describe the Manny image is to compare it to Kilroy. Kilroy was a meme during the Second World War depicting a man with a long nose peeking over the top of a wall. He was often accompanied by the phrases, Kilroy was here, what, and no tea? It was a common way for American GIs to connect across the world through graffiti. It also seems to mark American expansion into foreign places during wartime. Similarly, the Manny marks the expanding activism of Zoomers involved with the Black Lives Matter protests across the United States. On June 20th, at the Donald Trump rally in Tulsa, Zoomers united on TikTok to destroy his event, given that the original date was on Juneteenth, a day that commemorates the emancipation of the last enslaved people of the United States. To add insult to injury, it's no coincidence that the location is also referenced to the Tulsa massacre in which white residents terrorized black residents and businesses on June 1st, 1921, resulting in up to 300 deaths. This fact was not lost on TikTok Zoomers, and thus they set out on a mission to disrupt the rally. Zoomers and K-pop stands on TikTok urged their followers to reserve tickets for the rally, but not actually go, thus inflating the Trump campaign's anticipated number of attendees. If you've been paying attention to the news, you know that Donald Trump is planning on holding his first political rally post-quarantine on June 19th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, if you don't know why that's a big deal, I want you to Google two phrases, Juneteenth and Black Wall Street. You'll find out why people are really upset about this and why it's a slap in the face to the black community. Somebody on another TikTok post commented that he was offering two free tickets on his campaign website to go to this rally. So I went and investigated it. It's two free tickets per cell phone number. So I recommend all of those of us that want to see this 19,000 seat auditorium barely filled or completely empty, go reserve tickets now and leave him standing there alone on the stage. What do you say? According to the Trump campaign, over 1 million people reserved tickets to the rally. And on the day of the event, around 6,200 people were in attendance. The plan was successful. Zoomers were on a high, and so they created a new plan. So yesterday I made a video that blew up about how Gen Z could come together so easy and prank anyone just because we feel like it. And y'all wanted to do something. So here's the plan. Our goal is to convince Fox News to make a story on how Gen Z is trying to change the American flag. So my friend Toby made this. And I made it a petition. Obviously the American flag isn't going to get changed, but it's so fucking funny. And with the new colors, the national anthem should obviously be black and yellow by Wiz Khalifa. So here's what you can do. Sign the petition in my bio. Email Fox News saying Gen Z is trying to change the American flag. And spread the word about this. So yeah, let's fucking do it. The comment section of this TikTok is filled with claims that Fox News' inbox was full with up to 13,000 messages. The plan worked in creating a bit of annoyance, but Fox did not report on the story as the pranksters had hoped. Despite this, the flag took on a life of its own. The meme was created with the best of intentions. Zoomers wanted to inspire action and to show how we use the power of social media to rebel in an unprecedented way. The rules of the meme have evolved since the prank. 
Young activists have declared, if you see a Manny meme, you've got to sign a petition or donate to support the continued efforts of the movement. Supporters of the Manny created a link tree to numerous petitions, charities, and ways to support a variety of progressive causes, such as the crisis in Yemen, the liberation of Palestine, indigenous rights, the abolition of ICE, and so much more. In late June, Jeff Kinney, the creator of the Diary of a Wimpy Kid series, tweeted, quote, Lots of people are asking me right now how I feel about my character being used as an anti-police symbol. Honestly, I don't like it. The Black Lives Matter movement needs to be taken seriously. This isn't helping. He later deleted these tweets, but gained support from others outside of the Manny movement who agreed that it was a distraction from the real cause. Some replies include, quote, He's right though. Maybe you could listen to us for once and not meme our fight to exist by at WKH Clowns. A cartoon character should be used as a meme and not an actual representation of political beliefs, said at Luke Hassan. To counter, at Sully the Fish stated, I feel like it's kind of important to have a meme though. It spreads awareness, stops people from burnout after seeing so much horrifying shit, and it trolls boomers. Also, Gen Z will do anything for the meme. Look at Area 51. However, in practice, this isn't as effective as supporters argue. For example, a petition riddled with inside jokes calling for the American flag to be changed to one with an image of the Manny and make the national anthem black and yellow by Wiz Khalifa has over 1.1 million signatures. While a petition for justice for Oluwatoyan Salau a 19-year-old activist who was sexually assaulted and later murdered by her assaulter has under 600,000 signatures. To better understand this conundrum, we decided to speak with Professor Adam Hilton, who studies how social media affects political movements and parties. Professor Hilton, how has social media affected social movements? There's been there's been continuing debate about, well, does the social media and the internet simply accelerate the way movements work? Or, or the, has it changed movements? Are movements now different? Um, mediated movements, if you want to put it that way, sort of have, have kind of flipped the script compared to, you know, the 1960s, 1970s. So if you take the, the kind of classic phase of the civil rights movement, so we kind of start with, with the sit-ins in 1960, 61. We move up to the freedom rides in uh, 62, 63. We get to the March on Washington, right? The I Have a Dream speech. And then we kind of culminate with 64, 65 of major legislative breakthroughs. So that's kind of this idea that over time, the movement's activity is rising and rising and then peaking right? A, a kind of crescendo after years of work and tactical innovation, uh, trying one thing here, trying another thing somewhere else, and then ultimately a major breakthrough. What we're seeing now is almost kind of the reverse, is with a lot of kind of movements, whether we're talking about the Arab Spring, whether we're talking about Occupy Wall Street, whether we're talking about Black Lives Matter, each case is going to have its nuances that I don't want to overlook. But, we're, but what we are seeing are major peaks coming right at the beginning. 
you know, unbelievable turnouts in demonstrations. These new social media-centered or mediated movements seem so strong because they start with so much support. But in the long run, does that make them weaker than past movements that spent years of trial and error building up momentum for tangible change? What, what we are worried about is this paradox of mediated movements is that they seem on the surface level to be incredibly strong because from one week to the next, all of a sudden, everyone is now speaking about Me Too or everyone is speaking about Black Lives Matter, right? The, these signs crop up in people's lawns promoting the message of the movement. But at the same time as they seem strong, they also seem more fragile. Right? They, they, because you didn't have to build durable forms of, of civic associations, um, grassroots organizations in order to mobilize those demonstrations. Instead, people just learned about it on the internet. Then when those demonstrations are over, when demobilization inevitably kicks in, whether it's due to repression or just sort of exhaustion or a combination of the two, what's left? Memes? If we continue just to rely on, well, what, what's the next meme gonna be? If we imagined the worst case scenario where, where we're just glued to our phones, what some people call um, political hobbyism, where your, your version of activism is to retweet and forward and sign a petition and, and maybe even give a little bit of money, but that's it. And you kind of do it like for fun. That's obviously not gonna result in the kind of victories that, that we know we need. We see so much of this political hobbyism online right now. I mean, really, the Manny meme was born from political hobbyism. It's so easy for us to be cynical and think, well, we're screwed if our generation truly thinks that posting on Instagram is how sustainable change will be made. How do we look past that? How can we be hopeful for the future? So the ultimate constraint that I think relieves me of the cynicism um, that, that I actually tend not to have um, for, say, Gen Z political activists, the ultimate constraint that they'll run up against is if they think internet activism is enough, hobbyism is enough, the world will prove them wrong. Things won't change. And, and I know enough Gen Zers to be confident that when you try something and it doesn't work, you'll tactically innovate. You'll come, you'll come up with, well, let's try something else. Social media has changed movements, and memes are a part of that. Like Professor Hilton said, current movements are seeing large amounts of demonstration and support early on, rather than the momentum building up and creating lasting change. The Manny may connect and unite Zoomers within the Black Lives Matter movement, but it does not bring us substantially closer to the real goal, which in this case is dismantling of racist systems and institutions embedded in our society. In order to create lasting change, activism must go beyond the internet and into real life. That's all for today's episode of Memocracy. 
Be sure to donate to organizations that support the Black Lives Matter movement, such as Color of Change, the NAACP, or your local Black Lives Matter chapters. Special thanks to Professor Adam Hilton, Professor Ali Aslam, and Anne Noyes Saini. For regular updates, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at meme underscore Thank you so much for joining us and be sure to tune in again in two weeks for more. Audio clips were sampled from the TikTok accounts of at Mary Jo Laup and at Wahoni.